episode 83 of the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. Welcome back. Christopher Walken, part two. Folks, I've learned so much about this guy, even more so this week, continuing to look into this man. He is truly great. And I say that a lot with all of my shows. I mean it for sure. Sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy this show. Christopher Walken, Part 2, in the Actors Room. Once again, my name is Jeff Tarowski. Welcome back. Whoa, a lot going on this week in the acting world, Hollywood. And I recorded my first part of Christopher Walken on Saturday, last Saturday. And wouldn't you know it, the next day was the Golden Globes. Oh boy, Ricky Gervais, sir, wow, did you watch that, and what do you think? Ricky, good old Rick, (laughs) spoke some truth. Now mind you, before he went on his tirade, the whole show was pretty much a tirade against Hollywood, he did say, you know, these are all jokes. Don't get too offended. But I got to tell you, I don't care if he said that or not. There are things that Ricky said during that show you should take to heart. Because most of it is absolutely true. And I have said in my show many times, I have slipped in little tidbits about how dark Hollywood is. How dark Hollywood was and will be in the future. I hope and pray that people like Ricky step up to the plate a little more often just to set some of these Hollywood stars in line. Snap them back into reality every now and then because that's what they need. Uh, These Hollywood stars live on another planet, folks. Another reality. We have our reality here in the real world, okay, making median salaries, uh, you know, realistic salaries, Some more than others. Some salaries, of course, are higher than others here in the normal world. But when you're talking about superstars, they take limos everywhere, all that stuff. It's just a different reality. And Ricky sort of brought him back down to earth. Did you see the reactions from the crowd, those Hollywood stars, when he said certain things? Priceless. (laughs) Tom Hanks couldn't believe it. He was like, what? (laughs) And Tom Hanks, I love you. I have followed you, your career, since the beginning. He started off his professional career here in Cleveland, Tom Hanks. And I'm talking about professional career. Um, And a great story with Tom Hanks. And I'm going to do him soon, hopefully. But he lives in that world. And he has for a long time. And he's not the only one who have been in that business for quite some time. And all of those guys and girls, women, know what's going on in Hollywood. They do. To a certain extent. They may not be involved, but they know. And don't tell me they don't, because they do. And it was wonderful just to see Ricky rip on them. I mean, because he's one of them, too. Uh, He may may not get some work in the future because of the things that he said, but God bless him. It's about time. And, you know, that was a world that I really want to be a part of, just being a working actor and and making good money, doing something you love to do, act. And I do admire those. I mean, I talk about them in my show. They mean a lot to me, their work. Uh, On a personal level, some of those people just... There's something about them. It just, 
And I've said before that the red carpet stuff is just such a... It's so fake. These dresses that they wear and these suits these guys wear. How much they cost. And, and I guess Joaquin Phoenix uh, wore a tuxedo that was cheap and everything. And, and I get it. Some of those stars, I I would be the same way with that. I, I don't get this whole dressing up and wearing, I think, Christina Hedricks at one point wore a necklace worth $100,000, maybe more. A necklace, folks. You could buy a house with that money. It's ridiculous. Like I said, on another planet, another reality that these stars live in, I'm going on and on. I do that in my show. I apologize, but it's going to lead into this with Christopher Walken. It's a lead-in. We're going to talk right off the bat. Serious stuff here. Natalie Wood. Mr. Chris Walken was on the boat when Natalie Wood died that night. Found dead, drowned in the water. Chris Walken was a guest with Natalie Wood and her husband, Robert Wagner. And if you don't know, Natalie Wood was a very big actress back in the day. Acted with James Dean and was married to Robert Wagner early on in her life. They're a bit of an age difference there. But they got married when she was young, didn't last long, got divorced. They met up later on in life and got married again. Robert Wagner was very protective of Natalie Wood. Very protective. Natalie Wood did a movie with Christopher Walken. And they sort of, well, let's just say, they liked each other. There was chemistry between them. Natalie sort of liked Chris on a lot of different levels. <laughs> Robert Wagner knew about this. And it's my belief, this whole story. I've done research on this. and I, Folks, this is just coming from me. Robert invited Walken for a weekend trip on the boat <laughs> to sort of confront him about this. And they went to a restaurant, ate, drank a lot, a lot. They got drunk at the restaurant. People that worked at the restaurant were concerned they wouldn't make it back to the big boat. They took the dinghy out, and some of the people felt, by God, it's going to be a miracle if they reach the boat. They reached the boat. Chris, Robert, and Natalie made it to the boat. When they got back to the boat, Wagner confronted Walken. Stay away from my wife, man. <laughs> Walken, being Walken, so fine. You know, I don't think Walken saw it as that. He was part of that world. He hang out with those people. He was just hanging out. Plus, he really did have a connection with Natalie. I'm not quite sure if they were having a relationship that involved, you know. It's possible. But I think it's very unlikely. I just don't see that happening. There might have been a spark forming. Robert saw it. Wanted to nip it in the bud that weekend. Said, Chris, stay away from my wife. Chris said fine and went to his little room on the boat. Mind you, a lot of drinking was going on that night. And what happened next is Robert and Natalie had an argument. One of many in their relationship. This one got out of hand. God only knows what happened. Did Robert push her? Probably not. I'm thinking they got into a big fight. It led to certain things. They're drunk. And I think she fell off that boat during the argument. Fell into the water at night. Robert freaked out. And I think he did try to save her. He realized he just couldn't do it. Came up with a story that he didn't know what happened. I think he did. Chris was there. Chris has been asked about this several times. Of course he has. He doesn't want to talk about it. Who would? He simply says, mistakes happen. I'm moving on with my life. A bad time in the life of Chris Walken. What happened to Natalie Wood on that fateful night. It was a big deal, folks. And Robert Wagner is a big reason why Natalie Wood is gone. Believe it or not, it's true. Very sad tale. I wanted to tell that story. For those of you who don't know about that, Natalie Wood was just a beautiful, beautiful woman, inside and out. 
and damn it, she had to marry Robert Wagner. I got a bad vibe every time I look at that guy. I just don't like that guy. He gives me a bad vibe. I wouldn't be surprised if he had something to do, or he didn't do enough, or he's covering something up. Think about that incident. But Chris Walken was there. A big deal. In the story, and the legacy, and just the myth of Mr. Walken. He is a tremendous talent. And now we're going to get back into that. Because that is what this show is all about. I slip in personal stuff when I feel it necessary. I'm human just like everybody else. And I have my opinions. And I will express them because this is my platform. I might lose listeners because of it. I might gain listeners because of it. But that's me. I love Christopher Walken. And I had to say those things in the beginning. Get it out of the way. Talked about it. Done. And we're going to continue on. With this wonderful man. And I've been watching interviews with Walken for the past three days. He's been on Letterman probably a dozen times. Conan O'Brien a dozen times. He's not afraid to go on those shows. To do interviews. He's not like that. Where he's turned off by it. He loves to talk about acting. The shows that he's in. He talks about himself. He's not afraid to do that. I like that. And... Being on David Letterman, you're open to insults because that's just the way Letterman works. He insults people and he's good at it. He's funny and thank God he is because he would be punched in the face a lot. (laughs) Yeah, think about that. He just insults people. That's his bag. That's his style. And Chris is an easy target. And whenever he comes on Letterman, Letterman gives it to him. He jabs at him just to poke fun. And Chris, like I said, is an easy target. But he doesn't seem to mind. He takes it, gives a little smirk, stares at the audience, and then says something funny again. And I like how Letterman, whenever Chris is on his show, 80% of the time, he mentions Annie Hall. David Letterman loves Dwayne in Annie Hall. And I mentioned that my first show. He brings it up often. He goes, hey, Chris, remember when you were in Annie Hall? And like for the fifth time. And Chris acts like they're doing it for the first time. He's like, oh, yeah, I I remember that. And then it's great. The two of them talk about Annie Hall and how he wanted to veer off and hit other cars. And David Letterman loves that role about Chris Walken. Let's get back and talk about his dancing and how wonderful this man is dancing. Watch him move. He's smooth. And he did a music video for, was it Slim? I I, I don't listen to the, the band. The band. Or band. Uh, Slim. Sh- oh. Fat, Boy, Fat Boy Slim. There you go. I'm trying not to hit the desk when I talk. If you hear me go, I'm hitting the desk. I'm trying not to do that because I listened to my first episode and you can hear me time after time like I'm on a drum set here don't mean to do that but Fat Boy Slim had a music video where Chris Walken shows his stuff and he dances his ass off get a taste of how brilliant Christopher Walken is as an artist a performer he acts he dances he was trained in tap he's a tap dancer Rare, tall dancer. Let's continue on talking about the wonderful career of this talented, talented man. And let's do that right now. We left off with Bloxy Blues, I think. Yeah, yes, yes, Bloxy Blues. And we're going to talk about more of his films. And we're going to start off with Batman Returns, 1992. And we're going to start off by talking about Tim Burton. Why? Well, it's a Tim Burton movie, and he never met Chris before this film. Never met him. Of course, never worked with him. According to casting director Marion Doherty, Tim Burton was reportedly uncomfortable with casting Chris Walken as Max Shrek. 
when she asked him why. Tim said, quote, Because that man scares the hell out of me. End quote. Okay. Chris Walken scared Tim Burton. Why don't you go ahead and chew on that for a second? Chris Walken scared Tim Burton. You see the movies that Tim Burton does? He's kind of a scary guy. He was afraid of Chris. Let's go on and explain a little bit more about this. However, the decision must have ultimately grown on Burton. As Walken was cast again in Sleepy Hollow. He was also cast to play Brainiac in the aborted Superman Lives project. So here we go. Somebody in the business, big names, being afraid of Chris. (laughs) He was that odd, that interesting but odd, scary, spooky, intimidating, that Tim Burton was iffy about working with him. But once you meet him, once you work with him, and get to know the real Chris, it's okay. And Tim Burton liked him so much, he wanted to do future projects with him. Goes to show you, he'll grow on you like fungus. All right, let's see if I have any more notes about Batman Returns. And I liked the movie. It, it was a good movie. Um, One of the Batmans that I liked, and a lot of characters... Um. The character that Chris plays, Max Shrek, is a bad guy, but he does show in the film, the progression of the film, that he does have a heart. <laughs> Although small, like the Grinch, it's it's in there. And in the film, you get to see a little bit of that in the film, if you notice. Like, he drops it here and there that he does care about certain things. Uh, I guess singer David Bowie, yes, anything that comes up with Bowie, I like to point out because I think he's brilliant. I guess Bowie, who had been previously considered to play the role of Joker in the original Batman, didn't know that. Bowie is Joker. That would have been interesting. He would have put a nice little spin on that, right? Uh, Well, I guess Bowie was the first choice for the part of Max Shrek. But Christopher Walken got it instead. Bowie turned down the role in favor of doing Twin Peaks' Fire Walk With Me in 1992. Bad choice there, Dave. (laughs) Who's your fucking agent? He's pretty bad, I have to say. And if it was your choice, it was just a bad call. And here is an example of some of the odd choices that Chris makes during his progression into diving deep into these characters. Walken, remembering a film he'd done previous, requested from Tim Burton cufflings made from human molars for his character of Max. He wore teeth as cufflings. (laughs) Way to go, Chris. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the next film here. If I don't have any notes about Batman Returns. Yeah, that's it about Batman Returns. We're done with that one. We're going to move on to a film that I truly love. True romance, truly amazing, true romance. Year, 1993, written by Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino got... A decent paycheck for that time, but he got like the minimal paycheck you can get for selling a screenplay. And this is a brilliant screenplay by Tarantino. True romance. And a little side note, before we get to Chris's part in this movie. Gary Oldman has stated in the past how he sort of chuckles at how people love Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs because of it's a shoot 'em up kind of movie and I don't know. He just bashes a little bit on Quentin, yet loves his character in this film, written by Tarantino. So, where are you going here, Gary? He's kind of talking on both sides of his mouth. I love Oldman with all my heart. One of the brilliance ever. You watch him act, your jaw drops. But sometimes he says things that don't make sense. Uh, Do you like Quentin or don't you? You just like the way he writes, or what? Like You don't like the way he directs? You don't like his movies? You liked his character in True Romance. He loved his character in True Romance. I did too. And there's supposed to be a spinoff on that character. 
in True Romance that Gary Oldman played. I like to point that out, but let's go ahead and talk about Chris's role. It's a cameo, small role. He plays an Italian mobster looking for Christian Slater's character and his wife. He's got to be found, right? He goes and he meets with Christian Slater's father in the movie. That's Dennis Hopper. Dennis lives in a trailer. Walken and his tough guys, they find Dennis. Get into his trailer to ask him a few questions on, oh, where's your son? We know you probably have an idea where he's going. And he did, but he's not going to let his son get caught by these guys, not by his hand. And he stays tough against Walken, Walken asking him questions. But in that scene, there was some improv going on between Dennis and Chris. The eggplant comment. Dennis called Chris an eggplant. (laughs) Off script, improv. And Chris came back, witty as Chris is, calling Dennis Hopper a cantaloupe. Because he imagined in that split second to come up with a good fruit, to come back from eggplant, he thought of cantaloupe. Because later on, he's going to smash his head and make it explode, just like a cantaloupe. Wayne's World 2, baby. Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, coming at you again with this just funny movie. I was trying to think of something just, you know, beautiful to say. And I just came out with that. I hope you enjoyed that. Wayne's World 2, nice sequel. I like how I went from trying to do something profound to saying nice sequel. It was a nice sequel. I love Chris walking in it. Uh, Good moments in this movie. And I want to point this out, a nice little tidbit here about Wayne's World 2. Nirvana was offered to be one of the bands that played in the movie. Nirvana considered it and then declined. I wonder why. What's behind that? I find it hard to believe Nirvana didn't want to do the film because Kurt Cobain loved film. And I think if he had the opportunity to be in a movie, I think he would have jumped at it. It could have been he wasn't feeling up to it. Uh, Kurt would get shy with new things. It took him a while to get into being a a, a rock god. Anybody would. Uh, Being a sensitive person, he wasn't really an outgoing person. If he felt comfortable around you, you know, you would get a good conversation. But seeing Kurt Cobain and Nirvana in Wayne's World 2 would have been just a treat. You know, I'm a big Nirvana fan. I'm a big Kurt Cobain fan. Um... Another genius in the art form of music, poetry, lyrics, the whole bag with music. And I think that he would have been wonderful as an actor. And I say that with truth behind it. I just had a feeling deep down, like David Bowie did it. Okay, Prince tried it. You know, Madonna, she does a few good performances. There are musicians that can act. They have that ability. If you give them a chance. And Kurt had so much emotion inside of him. I think that if he would have lived, he would have done film like a supporting role guy. I don't see him starring in films, but I think he would have been a good supporting guy, a good character actor. Damn it, Kurt. Why didn't you do Wayne's World 2? You could have had a speaking role, bro. Don't be afraid. Use that fear. As an actor, you got to use that stuff. You've been fantastic. So Wayne's World 2, that year was 1993. Man, I was a junior in high school. Loved the Wayne's World stuff. And when I met Mike Myers back in the day and Dana Carvey, we expressed our love and affection for their, you know, creation of these two guys. And did it explode? What a big movie. Movies these were. And Chris Walken was a part of the sequel of Wayne's World. And uh, let's see if I have any more notes. I mean, his character plays the... the, uh, he, he kind of took over for Rob Lowe's character in the first one. You know, Chris, it, you're really not that sexy at this time of your life. Chris Walken back in the day, if you look at pictures of him when he was a younger guy, he was very attractive. You wouldn't think it. I think most people see Chris Walken. He's old, right? Of today, you look at Walken, you go, well, he's old. <laughs> but he was a good-looking chap. He was. Natalie Wood had a thing for him, I think. So that's saying something. She was beautiful. Um... But he plays the executive trying to get on Wayne's girlfriend. 
at the time. And he did a suave job. You know, he could be suave. And of course, you see him dance. Gotta have him dancing, right? He put some dancing into Wayne's World too, looking good, dancing it up. And I think that's all I have to say about Wayne's World 2, is I just fling the papers away. And now, oh, oh, still Wayne's World. Wake it up. I feel like I'm a DJ today. Maybe get into radio. Yeah, maybe I'll start a radio show. Keep dreaming, pal. Never going to happen. I get nervous taping myself where I can edit stuff. I couldn't imagine doing something live. I'd be a nervous wreck. That's just the way I am. My, my stomach would get all tense. I get cramps, sweat. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm getting itchy. When I get nervous, I start getting itchy. I'm just breaking down, folks. 43, I'm breaking down. I got to get healthy here. Next one up on my list of Chris Walken's wonderful career is The Prophecy in 1995. Viggo Mortensen, an actor I love, claims that prior to shooting their scene together with Chris, Chris ate several garlic cloves. Not one. (laughs) Not two. Not three. But several garlic cloves before they did their scene. Before they did their scene, Jeff? No. Before they did their scene. (laughs) Bloopers in the actor's room. There it is. There might be a few more. It's the morning time. I'm feeling fresh. I didn't sleep well last night. I just didn't. Maybe it's just because I was excited about doing this episode in the actor's room, highlighting Chris Walken. One great actor after another in the actor's room. Chris on the list and pretty high. One of my favorite episodes so far that I am doing in this show is Chris Walken. Didn't think that would happen. Why Chris Walken? Why is it one of my favorites? It's because of him. And I mentioned in my first episode how I kind of compared him to Lawrence Olivier. And fuck me. I said that wrong. Sir Lawrence Olivier. He deserves that honor. And I saw a clip that he gave an interview yesterday. And I'm talking about Lawrence Olivier. He did an interview. I don't know with who. I forget. I can't remember who it was that he did the interview with. But as they were ending the interview with Olivier... The host asked Olivier to do a few lines from a Shakespeare play. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got to tell you. The words came out of his mouth. They were velvet. He had the lines memorized. I mean, I'm sure he did the play a few times. Like, when I say a few times, I'm talking about like hundreds of times. And he just knew his lines. Like 25 years after he did the role. And he just came out and did like, I don't, a hundred words of dialogue. Probably perfect. Sounding all perfect. The words just flowed out of Olivier. The art, the beauty. And I consider Chris Walken very similar in acting style. The way Walken approaches a role is just that. He doesn't do that much research. He said it. They ask him, Chris, what do you do to prepare for a role? You know, what's your uh, process? And Chris says, uh, not much. It's me. He says that he learns all of his lines. It's something that he does on a weekend. He has his script and he's at his desk and he just learns his lines. That is his research. And then he goes into the film with his lines completely memorized. He feels comfortable with the text. He knows it. And after that, he just, he's free. He doesn't really dive deep into research. He lets himself use his imagination. Christopher's imagination is so brilliantly deep. (laughs) He don't need to do research, okay? What you see from Chris, that's all in his head. He imagines it, and then he does it. He's that good, and Olivier was that good. 
And Olivier is considered to be one of the greatest actors ever in the history of the world. Him and Marlon Brando, one and two on my list. Chris Walken's that good, folks. Book it. I've done many actors on this show. Olivier and Walken are on another like platform. And the latest one I did, Mickey Rourke, I would consider to be on like a different platform. These artists, there's something about certain ones that they're on different levels. And Chris Walken is a great example of that. When you watch him and you get it and you're interested, he's interesting. A little odd, but interesting. You're involved in whatever's going on with him, the way he talks. The pauses that he has are so trademark. They're distinctive. They stick out. They make you go, interesting. I like this guy. What is it about this guy? (laughs) Why is he so interesting? Because he does it right. He does it right for him. There's a certain thing about walking. You can't really describe. People ask him, why? And he says, well, because it is. I can't explain it more than that. That's just me. And people are turned off by that whole idea of Chris before they meet him. They're scared. I've referenced that before. He scares people. That's what makes him one of the most interesting artists I've done in the actor's room. Okay, walking. Whoa, what are you doing to me? Boy. (laughs) You're making the Mickey Rourke episode seem like a... And I love that one. I love doing it. Just, I did. I, I, I loved it. And I think I can learn a lot from that show that I did about Mickey. And I hope I can learn something about making my show better... Uh, just by doing it, doing it, uh, as far as a, a relation to acting, you just got to keep doing it and doing it every day. Uh, find a way to act. Uh, find a way to make yourself better. Chris did that. He does that still. That he's not afraid to take a role. And then when he takes the role, he really does um, imagine things. Like I said, use his imagination. Uh, but we got away from the prophecy and the fact that he ate all those globes of garlic and Port Viggo Mortensen was... <laughs> Chris! <laughs> you stink, buddy. You you smell. You, what, you think I'm a vampire? All right. Let's continue on talking about the prophecy. Um, I saw it about... Boy, I think I saw it about five years ago. And... Creepy movie. I liked it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Viggo Mortensen. Big fan of Chris, of course. Enjoy the movie. Uh, I would recommend this one. If you've never seen The Prophecy, it's deep. Uh, It has a lot to say. It's something for um, a viewer to take in, watch this film, get something out of it, and you will. Um, It's very entertaining and, like I said, deep with meaning. I want to see if I have any more notes about this film, and I actually don't. My advice is... To go see it. Today. I'm telling you to do. And it's kind of an underrated film. The Prophecy I think. Not too many people say oh the Prophecy. Oh, One to mention here. One of his films. I just want to mention. Is Things to Do. In Denver. When you're dead. The year was 1995 right. 95. Just get out of high school. I was dicking around in college. And I was, folks. I was the worst student you can imagine. I played pool instead of, you know, going to class. And the one time my dad caught me. Oh, my. This. I felt so bad. I left the house. You know, bye, mom. Bye, dad. Going to class. (laughs) Bye. Right. And uh, uh, 15 minutes later, my buddy and I were playing tennis instead. And guess who passed by us. My father on his way to work. Oh, I got it that night, folks. I got a yelling. I got one and I deserved it. One of those times I was like, dad, I deserve it. Keep yelling at me. Just keep yelling at me. I was, I just didn't want to go to college. I told my dad after I left high school, I said, dad, I want to go to New York city and I want to go as soon as possible. College is not for me. He said, you got to get a degree. 
It's important to me, and it should be important to you. Get the degree first, something to fall back on. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And when we would go to New York City when I was a kid, and we would uh, see shows, meet people in the business, my dad would approach these stars and be like, hey, my son wants to get into the business. We're really, you know, he's really into it. We are too. What do you suggest? And the one actor told my dad, this fucker, he said, make sure he gets his degree first, then he can act. Acting will always be there. And my dad's like, okay. Just that one freaking comment. And I had to go to college for at least two years. I was in, about a year and a half. I was about to fail out. I was just bad. F's, D's, F's. Oh, I would dread getting that report card. Anybody would. It just, you make, it just, I didn't go to class. I, just, <laughs> I, you know what I did? I thought about girls and acting. I did acting still. I was in plays, commercials, all that shit. And school was the last thing on my list of things to do that day. And it pretty much wasn't on my list. But anyways, <laughs> what was I talking about? The movie, Things to Do in Denver when you're dead. And I said the year 1995 and I flashbacked to 1995 in the life of me. Sorry, I do that sometimes. And most of you are like, who gives a shit? Keep talking about Chris. That's why we're here. That's why we're listening. And we're going to do that. But the reason why I brought up this movie in 1995 is because of this. According to Jenny McCarthy, Jenny McCarthy, folks, you know, Playboy and stuff. During an interview she gave on Late Night with Conan O'Brien in 1993, Christopher Walken, she said this, Christopher Walken, quote unquote, smelled like formaldehyde. <laughs> okay. And this, I'm not done. Not only did he smell like that, you know, death, he was also nibbling from an apple during the shoot. And it turned brown. You know how apples just turn brown almost immediately after you eat them? Well, he didn't finish eating it. He nibbled on it, let it turn brown, and then kept it in his pocket for the remainder of the shoot. Yeah, baby. Hey, it's going to keep him in character. Chris Walken, he's going to nibble on an apple, let it get brown, put it in his pocket. Keep it there. And I'm sure that stunk too after a while. I guess it's the the aromas that help Chris out. Anything to help you out with the role, man. He had to do another Tim Burton movie, Sleepy Hollow, 1999. Okay, movie. I think I saw half of it. I, you know, I love Tim Burton. I've said it before. I think he's brilliant. Uh, what he's done with directing and his style is inspirational. It is. Uh, he brought his art form into his craft of making film. It's obvious. You see his movie and you're just, wow, that's a Tim Burton movie. That's saying something. He's very specific and he sticks out in his work. But there are some films he does, I, you know, I just don't like. Uh, they turn me off. And he works too much with Johnny Depp. And I've said before my opinions on Mr. Depp and there won't be any more discussions on that. A uh, few notes about Sleepy Hollow. It was only after being cast as the Headless Horseman that Chris Walken admitted to director Tim Burton that he actually did not know how to ride a horse. He was on that damn horse. Doesn't have a line of dialogue, by the way. Notice that. No line of dialogue. I think he like just does sounds. <laughs> but he didn't know how to ru uh, ride a horse. Run a horse. Ride a horse. Probably caught Tim Burton by surprise. Like, I thought you told me you knew how to ride a horse. And Chris walking in his mind knew how to ride a horse because he's done it many times in his head. But he's afraid of horses, I guess. There's a lot of things that Christopher Walken's afraid of. He hates to travel. Hates planes. Hates cars. He says that he has never gotten a ticket in his life. <laughs> Not once. He said he was pulled over one time, though. And he said he got pulled over by a civilian. It wasn't even a cop. Some guy pulled Chris Walken over 
got out of his car, approached Walken. And Walken's like, it wasn't a cop car. It was a plain car. And the, this guy gets out and asked me for my driver's license and registration. And I said, are you a cop? And Chris is like, hey, buddy, are you a cop? And the guy's like, no. So Chris said, I'm not giving you my driver's license and registration. And rolled up his window and left. <laughs> But he's never gotten a ticket? Are you kidding me? I've got a lot of tickets on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten much better as a driver, but I was one of the worst drivers in the city. Cleveland, look out. Jeff's on the road. When I was 16, I was bad. I got tickets after tickets after tickets. Uh, the last ticket I got was about a year ago. Just stupid stuff I do. But the reason why Chris Walken never had a ticket is because Chris is afraid of cars, traveling. He said he drives like a little old lady. He doesn't go beyond the speed limit. That's why he's never gotten a ticket. But I get tickets for other stuff, too. I got a ticket for not having my seatbelt on the one time. I got a ticket for not putting my turn signal on, turning right. It was like, for a while, I was getting pulled over for just about everything. I got so frustrated. I dropped my kid off at school in the morning and I actually saw the cop car up the street. I noticed it. It was there. And I'm leaving the school and there's a stop sign right before a crosswalk. And mind you, like there's nobody around. All the buses are gone. I mean, nobody is around. Not a soul for blocks. It was just me. There might have been a car behind me, but it was just me and the cop up the street. I saw him. So I pulled up to the stop sign. I didn't completely stop. I did the, you know, I stopped and I kind of glided for a bit, slowed down tremendously, and then kept going. As soon as I turned onto the road, that cop turned his lights on. And I'm thinking, wow, dude, really? And I'm thinking, oh no, did I do something else wrong? I wasn't speeding. You know, and he came up to the window, and he had an attitude, too. I mean, I have a respect for cops, but you don't have to give me an attitude, especially for what you're going to give me a ticket for. And I said, what did I do, officer? He said, you didn't make that complete stop. I said, sir, I, I'm i sorry, but really? I, I couldn't believe that he was going to give me a ticket. I thought, okay, a warning here. No, he gave me a ticket, and I was like, wow. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, Chris never getting a ticket. That's impressive, though, because he's been driving a while. But he also states that he really doesn't drive that much. He'd rather stay in. He likes to stay in. And one of the things that he was told early in his career by somebody in the business, I think one of his agents said, first off, when he started to get successful, Getting to be in big movies. You know, after winning the Academy Award for The Deer Hunter early in his career on film, the agent told him, Chris, I'm going to give you some really good advice. Listen up. Chris's ears perked up. He loved getting advice from people he respected. The agent said, this is very important. I would strongly recommend that you don't go out to parties Hollywood parties. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. Just stay in. Hang out with people you trust. Valuable advice. Chris says that he got at that point in his career. And how about that? That bit of advice. Pretty much telling Chris, stay away from those movie people. Personally. Work with them, okay? Say hi. Rub elbows, okay? Uh, make good contacts. Be nice to them. You'll continue on in the business. Don't get too close. Don't let them bite you. Like vampires. Take that to heart, folks. As I continue doing this podcast and learning more about the business of show, I was in it for a very short period of time. Very short. Saw a few things. I've said that before. Mild things. But 
beyond a little mild, had me go, and that was nothing compared to things that I've heard about. Makes you wonder what really goes on in Hollywood. How deep does it go? What do some of these people do? What do they do? And Ricky Gervais pointed out a few things, didn't he? Did it scare you a little bit? Some of the things that Ricky said? Not only to those people in the seats, but to us. Opening some other people's eyes. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not stupid. I know some people might listen to my show and I get to parts like that. And people might roll their eyes. Open up your eyes if you had them closed. The world isn't candy. <laughs> Rainbows. And, and gumdrops. I hate gumdrops. But it's not all gumdrops. Oh, you know that. You just want to see all these Hollywood stars for the idols that they are. And some are. They are. I respect some of them so much. They're so talented. What they do on the screen, I just it blows me away. But that little bit of advice that Chris got way back in the day. Stay away from Hollywood people. Personally. <laughs> All right. I was talking about Sleepy Hollow. Okay, we're moving on to a very important film. One of the most important films of his career by far. Joe Dirt. 2001. Alright, I mentioned it because it's a fun movie, Joe Dirt. Isn't it? It's fun. Chris Walken has a fun time in it. He does. It's a fun role. He gets a boner. Is that the one he gets a boner in? He does. Priceless stuff. Joe Dirt. And David Spade, he's growing on me as an artist. I didn't think too much of him, but he's good at what he does. Isn't he? David Spade, a bit underrated. Um, and him being good friends with Chris Farley and the things that they went through together. Uh, Chris Farley, I highlighted about two years ago in the actor's room. A good episode. I would recommend that one uh, way back in the day, a Chris Farley episode, because I really did love Chris Farley. I met him too. Just a great guy. Um, but we're going to continue on to just, in this one I do mean, as a great film. Catch Me If You Can in the year 2002. He plays... Leo DiCaprio's dad. And he does a fine job in being um, sort of like this really enduring character, this enduring father who is very clueless. Uh, was a, a, a scam artist. Scam artist? I kind of didn't spit that out correctly, kind of went out. Um, but he is a con man. And in the same respect, his son goes on and does the same thing. A very delusional character. And Chris played him well. Danced in the film. Notice that, right? He dances with the mom and Leo looks on and smiles. Just a perfect little moment. I I, I put a caption under that uh, scene or just moment in time in film where you have a son sitting back. And watching his parents enjoy one another at that time. And we'll go on to affect Leo's character later in the film. The things that he does are to get his parents back. To capture that moment again. Um, a very emotional part in Catch Me If You Can. And Chris Walken captured that moment for Leo. Watching his parents enjoy one another. The family unit that is so strong but can ultimately fall apart right before your eyes with circumstances that are beyond your control as a child. And you watch your parents just fall apart. And it did for Leo in this movie. And like I said, Chris Walken, a big part of that. And Catch Me If You Can is a gem of a film. A Steven Spielberg production. Steven Spielberg is one hell of an artist. But catch me if you can. Uh, I'd like to talk about Wedding Crashers just for a second. Um, I'm a big Ben... St I'm sorry, not Ben Stiller. Woo! <laughs> ben Stiller's not in the movie, folks. Uh, Bradley Cooper is. That's who I meant to say. I don't know why Ben Stiller popped in my head. Br this was the first time I saw Bradley Cooper, actually. I'm sure he did stuff in the past. 
he stuck out to me in this movie, Wedding Crashers. And Chris does a good job. I just, I like the movie. It's funny. It's fun. Click. Click. Click, click, click. Click. And I'm sort of just doing that because I'm thinking of Chris tap dancing. I loved tap dancing when I was a kid. And I'm just picturing in my mind, Christopher Walken tap dancing. Because it's just a wonderful sight to see. If you've never seen him tap dance, it's out there. You could witness his wonderful dancing. He was such a great tap dancer. And Click was a movie that he did with Adam Sandler in 2006. And he plays the guy, you know, behind the doors of that uh, department store where he buys the remote control. He gives him that remote control and just plays a zany... Uh, out-of-this-world character, things that he does well, and he admits it, I'm different. But that's okay. He's okay with being different. And thank God he is. All right. We're going to have to end this episode soon, and I'm sad about that, but we're going to have to soon. All right. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe not too soon. There's a few other films I want to note before we get into other things about Chris. Kill the Irishman is a film I recommend just because it's a good movie. The Addiction. Have any of you out there seen The Addiction? It's black and white. It's an independent film and it is striking. The acting in it overall is gaga. Uh, mm, not that great. Lily Taylor stars in it. And I kind of like her as an actress. She's fine. She, I, I'll tell you what. This is this is the story. The addiction was done in like 20 days. Okay. It was one of those. And you could tell. It was done in 20 days. Lily Taylor didn't have enough time. It takes time for some actors and actresses to get a role. And doing it in 20 days shows. If you're not one of the great ones. The only good thing about the addiction is of course Chris Walken's role. It's a cameo. He loves doing cameos. And he steals the show. Check out the addiction and his character in it. He plays a vampire. Chris loves to play bad guys, he says. He just does. They're fun. He admits it. He's not afraid to the evil part of life. He says that, you know what? Movies aren't scary. He goes, life is scary. Movies, no. Real life, very scary. How true that is. All right. Before we end this episode, we're going to go ahead and mention the last film about Chris Walken I want to note. Communion, the alien movie. One of those movies that kept me up at night. Chris Walken stars in it. It's about close encounters of aliens, of course. And there's a scene where he's sitting by the bed. Stuff's going on in the middle of the night. And he's the only one up. And he's sitting on the bed. And he sees that alien face (laughs) come around the corner of the door. Scared me to death, Chris. Did it scare you too? I was scared. Very scared. Good movie. Communion. Alien movie. Scare me to death. Those are the movies that really scare me. The alien ones. Haunting stuff does too. That'll keep me up at night. Because I think it's possible for a house to be haunted. And that reality really freaks me out. If I was ever, ever... Faced with a ghost, I would shit my pants for real. Folks, I would shit my pants. Pee my pants and shit my pants. I would stink up the room. The ghost maybe would be afraid of me and just leave me alone. That's my defensive mechanism. I just poop my pants and it'll go away. And an alien too. I personally don't believe that there are aliens from another planet coming down. I don't don't believe it. I don't believe it. They might be like from another dimension. That makes more sense to me. I know, right? Like another dimension makes sense. 
I just don't think it's like beings from other planets. We're too far away from each other. It, no scientific research is that good where a being can fly and they just like hover over us for a little while, take us up, do a little experiments on us. Really, guys? Come on. Think about it. And that's all they do. They've never shown themselves to us. Said, hey, here we are. Come on. People have great imaginations. Our brains are amazing. The things we see. And the government does some shady things. You don't think they're experimenting with stuff? Things they're not telling us about? They're not. Okay? They're more advanced than you think. I'm just going to say that. The alien thing is so deep, though. It's so deep to discuss. Something I can't get into right now because I can go on. I will be sitting here all day because <laughs> I have my theories about aliens. And this was brought on okay, by the movie that Chris did called Communion. I recommend you see it just for the creep factor. Yes, Chris is creepy. The movie's creepy. Aliens. But it's good. And so is Mr. Walken. I'm going to see if I have anything that really sticks out that I have something extra about Chris. Oh, yeah. One thing I love about Chris, too. He loves to cook. He loves cooking. He considers himself, get this, a master chef. God bless him. Have me over for dinner, Chris. I will be more than happy to sample your meals. Show me something, man. I love a good meal. Come on. Everybody does, right? And if Chris Walken considers himself a master chef, I'd be more than happy to sample, sir. Call me up. Call me up. This is Jeff, 440-334-6037. I will be more than happy to come over for dinner. I'll bring the wife and kids. We're there, Chris. He wants to do a cooking show, he says. He loves watching cooking shows. And he wants to create a cooking show, a sort of off-the-cuff cooking show. I'd watch it. Would you watch a show that has Christopher Walken cooking? Hell fucking yeah. What a great show that would be. (laughs) Okay, I guess Mr. Walken was the second choice behind Harrison Ford to get the Han Solo role in Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> they made a spinoff of that, and uh, I think it was SNL made fun of that. Chris Walken, I think Kevin Spacey made fun of that. <clears throat> Being Chris, <clears throat> wow. The only phlegm I got this whole time. It's going to happen, folks. I've been talking for about an hour. <clears throat> All right. Um, any other notes here? Uh, I- I'll mention again, he hates handguns. It's just, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid of guns. Um, I live in the part of the world or country um, around me. There's a lot of people that have guns here for hunting, for protection. Um, There's just guns around and uh, they scare me. They do. Okay. So um, let's see here. Um, In order to achieve the gaunt, withdrawn and hollow look of his character in the deer hunter. Okay. The one role that he won an Academy Award for. Okay, he had to look gaunt and just out of it. He went on a special diet. The only thing he ate during that whole shoot was rice and bananas. I like rice and I'd love bananas. But after a couple of days of just those two things, I would be going out of my mind. And so was Chris. But it helped him in the role. Got him to look just out of it. Al Pacino would do the same thing. Things like that. All right. He said in an interview that he has never turned down a role. He doesn't use a computer or a cell phone. He said that technology passed him by. No computer, huh? I can't see it. Like, for me, that's impossible. Because I love computers, don't you? Most people do. Chris Walken, he don't need that shit. All right. I mentioned that he likes to cook. And that might be... uh, Let's see if there's anything else that grabbed me. Yeah, he's a private guy. 
Okay, and I find that odd. I think most people would be like interesting about Walken that he's private, but he is. Uh, personal quotes. Quote, I don't need to be made to look evil. I can do that on my own. And he can. Special gift. <laughs> I like this quote. This is fun. Quote, bear costumes are funny. Bears as well. End of quote. They are funny, aren't they? Bears are supposed to be like these ferocious creatures. Huge Huge creatures that will just tear you limb from limb. Okay? But look at their ears. They got these cute little fuzzy, puffy ears. I'm sorry. I just can't take them seriously. It'll take one to chase me down to take them seriously. But as I look through, you know, my, my safe confines in books and movies, they don't look that bad to me. They look cute. He hates the zoo, Walken. I love the zoo. Walken hates the zoo. He's like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that, the zoo. Who needs that? And getting into a serious part about acting with Chris Walken, he says this about acting. Quote, I think that movie sets, when they're good, are a lot like sandboxes. End of quote. And that will once again signify how he feels acting to be childlike. It's a way to play, a way to have fun, and discover something new all the time about not only yourself, but your art form. There you go. Wow. I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun doing walking these past two weeks. Uh, learning more about him. I, I learned a lot. And I hope you did too in the actor's room. Uh, I like to slip in other things in my show. Um, I just do. And that's just part of the show. I hope you like that aspect of it, me just talking off the cuff about other things. Um, but it all sort of comes together in my show. I'm just not going to just spout off random things. I hope I don't do that. If I listen to my show later and I notice that I'm saying things that just make no sense at all, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll try to get better. Um, but I will say things that people may not like. I'm sorry. You know, I'm human and I have my opinions about certain things and things that I'm passionate about. And I just looked down here and had more notes. Is any of this stuff worth mentioning? Oh, no, I said that. Oh, one thing is he likes to watch movies in the morning. He's a morning movie watcher. He says that's the best time to watch a movie. But for me, any time is a good time to watch a movie. Thank you. For listening to this episode of The Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and thank you once again for your support of the show. I'm going to keep on keeping on in this podcast and just making it fun. It's good for me to just talk about art and other things, movies, actors, directors. I want to do a few more directors, um, but I'm doing this for me. It's selfish, yes, but it's my show. And the things I'm going to do are the things that intrigue me. They get my juices flowing because art does that for me. It's a big part of my life. I hope it is for you too. Put in that movie tonight. One that makes you feel happy. I'm saying it. Do it. Even if you want to throw something in there or just put on that makes you feel sad. Sometimes you need a good cry. Nothing wrong with that. It's good for you. Emotion. Feeling. There's nothing wrong with it. We all have it. You may think to yourself, there's a person you know. Oh, it's not going to affect them. It does. Believe me, they're just better at hiding it than maybe you. Just remember, we all have these things. We all do. Put in that movie that makes you feel something. And continue supporting the actor's room. Go on to the website. www theactorsroom.lipson.com check out the website go on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter I'm doing more things on Twitter nothing fantastic I'm just being a little more active on Twitter and hoping and praying that it'll help the progression of my show get more listeners I'm pretty much on uh, a wavelength that consists of uh, flatlining right now on my show 
bit of flatlining going on. And I hope to change that. Let's get some new listeners. Spread the word. The Actors Room. I talk about some zany things. I talk about zany people. And I'm a bit zany myself. It's all right. We're all a little quirky. Show your stuff. Thank you once again. I hope you have a great night. Have a great day. In Cleveland here, it's been raining in January. I hope it doesn't show up in my show. But the rain is slamming up against my windows here in Cleveland. It's a rainy January day. It should be snowing right now. We should be having like a blizzard right now. We got lucky here in this part of the world. I hope you enjoyed Christopher Walken episodes because he is not a part of this world. He just visits us from time to time. And thank God he does visit us here on planet Earth. Thank you, Chris, for visiting us, you alien you. (laughs) He's an alien, folks. We figured it out. I said in my first episode, we're going to figure out Chris Walken. We did it. We figured it out. He's an alien from the planet Walken. Ronnie Walken episode is over in the actor's room. And I don't want to end the show because I'm having so much fun. I hope you did too. I'm coming back at you hopefully next week with either another actor or an update on something else. Ooh, sneak peek maybe? Maybe not. Uh, I might put a bow on my River Phoenix little tidbit stuff that I want to just get off my chest, put a bow on it, and just end it. This whole mystery thing behind River Phoenix. I think I have some answers. I have my opinions. And I might put a bow on it soon enough and continue on with my life. Sort of close the book on the whole River Phoenix, uh, not obsession, but just the mystery of it all. Wrap it up, just close the book, like I said, and move on with my life. Gonna try to do that. We'll see if it sticks. (laughs) We'll see if I do that episode. We're gonna see if it sticks. If it does, great. If not, I continue on. Simple as that. I love diving into stuff like that. Boy, am I going on and on. If you're still listening, God bless you. All right. Wow, folks. I got to eat some lunch. That is on the menu. Well, that's not on the menu. That is the menu. Lunch. All right. You have a great night. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a good one.